0: Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street M.B. Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Catherine, thank you for your reading of uh, that beautiful scripture from the book of James, chapter 5. It's good to be together. We're beginning a new series today called You Can Do It, He Can Help. And any resemblance to the Home Depot advertising is purely coincidental. I am a son and a husband. I love my family and my sisters and my wife, and family is important to me. I was out with my old mom and dad just last night. Um, But I can't ever remember receiving training on how to make a good family, how to be a good son, how to take care of my sisters how to take care of my mom and dad. We just don't don't take classes in this. But we need help. We don't go to school to learn these things. We we learn them sort of on-the-job training. We're dropped into families when we're born. So over the next few weeks, I'd like to look at some principles for healthy families. And today's principle is patience. Do you need patience? Well... Uh, a lot of us spend a lot of our lives waiting. As a kid, I couldn 't wait to join my sister at school. I waited so I could go to school with, with my sister Paula, my older sister. Then once I got into school, I couldn't wait to get out of school. <laughs> and then, when I was a little bit older, I couldn 't wait to, to fall in love. and then I couldn 't wait to get married to my Sarah. Then I couldn't wait. Sarah and I, we were married three years. I couldn't wait to get to the mission field. We spend a lot of our lives waiting. Many things test our patience. Bad Wi-Fi. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, bad Wi-Fi tests my patience. Supermarket lines, when you always choose the slowest one. Are you in the slow lane or are you in the fast lane? Because I'm in the slow lane over there. Doctor's offices can test my patience. Um, bridge number one over, uh, on Lakeshore Boulevard over the Welland Canal can test my patience. Why is it that whenever I do not give myself extra time to go across, that's when one of the boats has the lockup? Do you know there are 3,000 ships go through there every season? 3,000. It's no wonder I keep waiting and watching. And The last one I watched was 273 meters long. Two hundred seventy-three. Do you know how long it, it takes for that boat to get into the lock? It's somewhere, it's almost forever, between eternity and forever as you're waiting, trying to get to where you want to get to. You know, we are the now generation. We don't want to wait. Um, have you ever noticed that when you go to an expensive restaurant, the more expensive it is, the longer it seems to take? There are five different waits when you go to a nice restaurant. Number one, you wait to be seated. Have you been waited to be seated? Yes. Then you wait to get the menu. They bring a lovely menu and they put it on the table in front of you. Then they let you read for a while. Have you had a chance to decide? Then you wait to order. After that, after you've ordered, what do you wait for? You wait for your food. And then once you've had your food, a delicious meal at this fancy restaurant, you wait for the bill so you've got waiting for a seat waiting for the menu waiting for the order waiting to get the food waiting for the bill and what do you call a person who is giving you the food your waiter but why do you call them the waiter when you've been doing all the waiting i don't understand all night long you've been waiting for your meal and sometimes you have a good waiter and that's when you give them a good tip Today we're talking about what James has to say about waiting, about patience, and direction for our families. Um, we need patience in all areas of our lives, and in this passage that uh, Catherine read, James uses the word patience or perseverance six times, and he uses three different stories to explain why, uh, when to be patient, why to be patient, and how to be patient. So we'll be looking at those three stories, and then when, why, and how. Let's begin with when should I be patient. Um, James says that we should be patient in most situations, and there's a principle behind it. Firstly, we need to be patient when circumstances are uncontrollable. Um, A lot of life is out of control. You can't keep your thumb on everything. James uses the example of a farmer of someone who needs to be patient in uncontrollable circumstances. Verse 7 says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is. Um, I believe that you should not go into farming unless you are patient. Part of the job description of being a farmer is that you do a lot of waiting. You wait to till, to plant, to prune, to harvest. These are the factors, um, some of the factors, that you have to wait for as a farmer. And these are things that you wait to do, but then there's also the factors you have no control over. Weather, rain, heat. So much of life is out of our control, so we need to be patient. It's no value in fussing and worrying. It just makes things worse. In my first church, I was up in St. George. That was my first little church up on Highway 5, south of Cambridge, north of Brantford, just beside Paris, Ontario. And it was a church full of farmers, and I loved my farmers. I didn't know that when I became a pastor that giving birth to sheep and baling hay uh, and, and we even rode some pigs was a part of the job description uh, of my first church, and I loved it. I was driving down the fields one day, uh, driving down the road, Highway 5, turned left, and I saw one of my parishioners, I saw his truck, and I saw him in the field. So I pulled up behind him and I went over to him. He was in the field and I said, "Uh, what are you doing? And I could see that he had some dirt in his hands and there was a little seed there. And he had planted the field five days earlier and he had dug up a seed to make sure that it was growing. He just... You know, he wanted to wait, but you just got to be sure that it's growing. He planted, it was a a cattle corn. It was a cornfield. And he had dug up the seed to make sure it was growing. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but when a situation is out of our control, what do we do? If you can't control it, what do we tend to do? Our number one response is, if I can't do anything about it, I'll worry about it. That'll do that'll that'll really help the situation if i worry about it but when you think about it to worry about something you can change is meaningless because if you can change it change it don't worry about it change it now if you're worrying about something you can't change you can't change it don't worry about it either way worry doesn't help how many of you know how to worry how many of you don't know how to worry Talk to the person beside you, because pretty much every hand was up, John, you know how to worry. You, We know how to worry. But worrying does not help. We need to be patient when circumstances are out of our control. Next, we need to be patient with people, because people do not change easily. We need patience with people. James speaks about the prophets, He writes, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, the prophets who spoke for God. What is the duty of a prophet? To help people change. In light of God's love, in light of God's word, they need to change the behavior, change their lives. But have you noticed that people are resistant to change? How many of you do not like change? Change. You know, I, I put my hand up with you. I'm not much, I'm not, but we've we've dealt with so much change. We've dealt with so much change, but change is hard. I don't know if you've ever tried to make a recommendation to a friend. You've suggested a small change, and they may not have taken it so well. And it was just something small. Well, maybe you could do this, and they're like, oh, I do not, not another change. Here's a beautiful thing. The word in scripture for Patience is. I want to. I'll teach you a Greek word. It's. I'll teach you. It's two parts. Macro. Macro. Say it with me. Macro. Macro. Thumia. 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 Macrothumia. Macro. You all speak Greek. Macrothumia. Macro. Long. Thumia. That's where we get the word a thermometer or. It's about heat, macro, long, thumia, heat, long heat. Patience is long heat, taking a long time to get heated up. That's the word in scripture, sometimes translated patience, other times perseverance. takes a long time to get heated up. You need a long fuse so you don't blow up. If you're going to be successful in your families, with your wives, with your children, you need to have a long fuse. We need to not get overheated. Uh, This morning I was talking to Matt as we were preparing for service, and he said, Rob, maybe macrothumia might mean long heat. Being patient means that you are stuck in a hot situation for a long time, and you need God's help as you're in the heat for a long time. And I said to Matt, that's a good idea. I'm going to do some research on that word, some etymological research. Long heat. Either way, if you're in a hot situation, a difficult situation for a long time, what do you need? You need patience. You need patience. And we need to be patient with one another. Can you turn to the person beside you and say, Can you please be patient with me? At least yes. someone said no, yes, the answer is yes, I will be patient with you. We need grace with one another because people do not change easily. Number three, uh, we need patience... When problems are unexplained, we need patience because sometimes things happen and we don't understand them. And in the book of James, he uses Job as the example. Job is an example of perseverance. Job was a wealthy man, big family, successful business, and everything was going well for him until one day. And in this period, in this, but actually took two days according to scripture. In this two-day period, he went bankrupt, his children and family were killed, and he got an incurable painful disease. If you think you're having a bad day, think of Job. Lost his family, his friends, his finance in a 48-hour period. His wife brought him great encouragement when she said to him, Dear Job, curse God and die. Do you remember reading that? Yeah, I don't recommend that. Wives, I don't recommend that, recommending that, or husbands, recommending that to anybody. That is what you call a weak support system. So, sometimes things don't make sense. Life is not fair. (laughs) God never said it would be fair. Lots of things don't make sense. If the worst of my problems is that I don't have much hair, I'm doing pretty well, aren't I? Yes, I am, and I thank God for, for everything he's given me. But there are some things that don't make sense. There are unexplained things. And in Job's life, um, there were many things that he didn't understand. Sometimes we can't figure out our problems. We can't explain why we have problems. We can't understand the solution to, to what we need to do to, to figure out our issues, When circumstances are uncontrollable, when people don't change well, when problems are unexplained, we need patience. Do you understand those three situations? Uncontrolled world, unchangeable people, and unexplained difficulties. I think we all have experienced those in our lives. So, the next question is, why be patient? Why be patient? Firstly, because God is in control. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Three times in this passage, James mentions that God is coming. The Lord is near. Jesus is coming back. The purpose of your life is greater than any problem that you have right now. My mother has a broken foot right now. And um, she is hobbling. I'm calling her lumpy. Because she says she's lumping around. So uh, she doesn't like that. Um, I do. <laughs> and, and I'm happy to help my mother to lump around on, uh, with her, her cast on her foot. Why did she break that foot? Um, why be patient? Well, God is in control. And, and Lord willing, my mother will be back dancing uh, in three weeks' time. The Lord's coming is near. You can't control everything that happens in our lives, so we need to trust Him. God is in control and working things out, so be patient. Dear friends, let's stand firm and be grateful knowing that God is in control. So, in our minds, as we're standing and we're living with, dealing with something, needing patience, remembering this is God's world. He brought me here, I will be patient, He's in control. Next, scripture says that we need to be patient because there's a reward for patience. Verse 11a says, As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. That's a key word, blessed because of your perseverance. So we read in the book of Job that the second half of his life was more blessed than his first. God doubled everything he had. It pays to be patient. All kinds of rewards for patience. You grow character, you get along better with people, you're more happy, you reach your goals. Things take patience. Life takes patience. Marriage takes patience. Children take patience. Faith takes patience. The impact of patience is not just for the here and now, but it's for eternity. Matthew 5.13 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kind of evil things because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven great is your reward in heaven. When people put you down and they criticize you, be patient because there's a reward in heaven. Now, we have a natural tendency. When you are hurt, you want to get even. You want to retaliate. You want revenge. When you get criticized, you sometimes criticize back. Here's a funny one I've noticed in St. Catharines. Sometimes, if someone honks at another person, the other person will honk back. Have you ever seen that? It's like you criticize, so they criticize you back. You honk and you honk back. Have you ever experienced honking back? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd phenomena, And it's, it's a retaliation. It's a revenge. Um, when you get insulted, you want to insult someone back. Now, all of these things are, are not according to what God would want us to do. That's our old man. We, we want to to get revenge and to retaliate, but that's the opposite of patience. James says the next time someone criticizes you, before you strike back, think, is it worth giving up my eternal reward? Or should I be patient as God was patient? We need to be patient because God is in control and he rewards our patience. He's training us. He's equipping us. He's equipping us. Last reason to be patient, because God is working things out. He's working behind the scenes. He's at work and we don't even see him working. Verse 11 says, You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. God is working all the time. Job is having all of these difficulties and God is in the background working. But he doesn't know it. Our problem is that we often see A delay as a denial. We believe, we've prayed, and, and if we don't get things right away, we think God is saying no. But he might be saying not yet. But we take a not yet as a no. What have you been praying for? What is it that you're looking for that you're struggling with right now? Maybe you are hearing a not yet, but don't give up. Don't give up. It's not a no. Perhaps it's a not yet. Thank God that he's working in our lives. He gives the illustration of the farmer. The farmer plants the seeds. He's waiting for the seed, waiting for his crop. And God is working behind the scenes, causing that plant to grow. I hope that your, your herbs do grow. Grandma Eva, it's, uh, what were you planting again? Oregano. Oregano. Mmm. Make me want a pizza. God creates the conditions at the right time in the right way so there will be a harvest. The farmer waits, God works. My farmer friend digs up the seed to see if it's growing. God was working, he got his crop, he got his crop. So I don't know what kind of problem you're dealing with this week, but regardless of the problems that you're going through, financial or relational or or health issues, God is working in the background. So be patient. So, now that we know when to be patient and why to be patient, the question is, so how do I be patient? What does it look like to be godly and patient? Number one, we should wait expectantly. I must expect God to move. I must believe that it's inevitable that God will move. Now, there's a difference waiting hopefully or waiting hopelessly do you know the difference there's a lot of there's a lot of waiting in life do you wait expectantly hopefully waiting for the the good result are you waiting in a depressed manner a hopeless manner you can tell right off the bat where a person is how they're waiting are they waiting hopefully or not Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I wait expectantly, trusting God to help, for he has promised. What are we waiting for from God? To heal us from a long-term illness, to transform our marriages, to reverse our financial problems, to reach our children, to help our children and our grandchildren. We are waiting for God to work. Scripture says, according to your faith, it will be done. Wait expectantly. What are you doing to get ready for God's answer? We have four positions for young people to serve the church this summer. Maybe one of your grandchildren need to work here. You want them to find faith? Well, if they get working with us here at church, they don't have a chance. We're going to love them. We're going to care for them. We're going to teach them and train them. As you wait, maybe you make suggestions and recommendations. Being patient. Waiting expectantly. Jesus waited 30 years, really, before he began his ministry. And in three years, he did all of his work. He waited for 30 years. Isaiah forty nine twenty three says, The Lord says, No one who waits for my help will be disappointed. So we wait expectantly. Next, we wait quietly. James points out the fact that we have a tendency to run off at our mouths when we're irritated, when we're waiting. Sometimes we don't wait well. So James warns us two things. Number one, don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. Why does he talk about grumbling in the middle of patience? Because it's hard to be quiet, to wait quietly in the midst of frustration. It seems that when you're frustrated, you want everybody to know. You know, you want to grumble, mumble, moan, and complain. Oh, my troubles, let me tell you about my troubles. Let me tell you about the troubles I've seen. It's called grumbling. You know, I don't mind being patient as long as I can complain while while I'm dealing with troubles. You know? It makes, it makes it so much easier if I can just grumble. And then what happens is sometimes you start blaming other people. James says, wait quietly. Next he says, above all, brothers and sisters, don't swear. Have you ever been tempted to swear? Sometimes when I get frustrated, I feel like cussing. I have a lot of patience with people, but I don't have a lot of patience with things. Have things ever given you trouble your remote control on your TV has it ever stopped working? Have you ever cursed your remote control? Yes yes things stop working and they make us frustrated we don't we're impatient so what happens now here's here's an even worse situation you're mad at your remote control and your wife walks by at the moment when you're the maddest at that remote control and you say something mean you say something harsh to her are you mad at her this would never happen to me by the way (laughs) are you mad at her no your anger because of the remote control but the frustration has caused you to to react to say something harsh To act impatiently, to say something mean. It's called displacing your anger. And and unfortunately, where do we often focus this displaced anger? At the people we love. So, beloved brothers and sisters, let's be careful. Let's be patient with one another. Lamentations uh, 3.26 says, It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. yeah. Habakkuk 2.3 says, These things won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, don't despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. God knows what he's doing. So let's be patient and wait for him quietly. Lastly, we wait confidently. Confidently. Job never lost his confidence in God. When the outlook is bad, we look up. Micah 7.7 says, I will wait confidently for the Lord. I will have hope. Waiting confidently is having hope. When you have a problem that's unexplained, a person who is unchangeable, a circumstance that's out of your control, then you must Wait confidently. God is working. So how do you wait confidently? Sit still. Don't be anxious or nervous. Don't take matters into your own hands and try to make things work. Psalm 37.7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Be patient before the Lord and wait for Him to act. Where do you need patience this morning? Do you have a situation that is out of control, out of your control, in life right now? Maybe in your job situation, and your boss has told you to do something that's impossible. Maybe you've had a financial reversal that's beyond your control. Maybe you have a long-term illness or an unchangeable person in your life. Sometimes it's frustrating when you tell your children over and over again what they need to do and they don't do it. It's frustrating when you want to make your marriage work and you're willing to change but your partner isn't. It's frustrating when sometimes when your parents get old and they can't do all the things that they used to do and and they depend on you and maybe you don't have the time. What do we do when we have these kinds of problems? We remember what James says. God is in control. It may be out of my control, but it's still in God's control. Nothing is beyond his power and his purpose. May God give you the vision to see your problems as God sees them, and patience to wait confidently. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Pray this prayer with me in your hearts. Would you say it in your hearts with me? Lord Jesus, I need patience. Help me to wait expectantly. To prepare for the answer while I'm waiting. To get ready for it. To act as if it's going to happen. Help me to wait quietly. Not to grumble and complain. Help me not to take it out on those around me. Those people that I love. Help me to wait confidently. To be still and trust that you're working behind the scenes. Help me not to be nervous, anxious, or worried. Father, like the farmer, help me to plant good seeds and expect to harvest. Father, with that person in my life that I love, but they're unchangeable, help me to be patient with that person. With circumstances that are out of my control, help me to have peace. With that unexplained problem, Father, give me patience. Forgive me for being impatient and all the other things I know that are wrong in my life. Scripture says that whenever we confess to him, he forgives us. So, Father, we say, come into our life. Father, give me patience. If Jesus is the manager of your life, the fruit of the Spirit is patience. God puts it into your life when he's in control of your life. So, Father, we pray, control our lives. Change my life. Save me and use me. Lord, I want to commit myself to you. Sometimes I've taken things into my own hands. I've tried to solve problems rather than trusting you. I've tried to work out things in my own strength rather than waiting quietly, expectantly, and confidently. Today, again, Father, we turn control of our lives over to you. Father, we give you our families, our spouses, our husbands, our wives, our children and our grandchildren, and I believe that you are in control. I believe that you're working behind the scenes even now, and Father, you will reward our patience today and in eternity. Thank you for hearing our prayers. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.